Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. I invite those who are able to please stand for our first lesson. It comes from Psalm 36. We begin with the fifth verse and listen now to the Word of God. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains and your judgment Your judgments are like the great deep, and you save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your salvation to the upright of heart. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I invite you to stand that we might hear the reading of the Scripture from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, the first letter, chapter 12, verses 4 through 13. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, by the same Spirit, faith to another the gift of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, to another the things that are given. All these are activated by the one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one, there are many members, And all of the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were made, all made, to drink of the one Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. One church, one body, united to serve Christ. You make us one. That is the theme that has been developed this year for the stewardship season here at uh, First Presbyterian Church in Columbus. And it was 
and chosen intentionally by the stewardship team that has been meeting over the past several months. It was chosen so that we could share and acknowledge that we are indeed united in Jesus Christ, that we are indeed one body, and as one body, we have many, many different gifts and abilities. There has been energy and effort that has been put into that. And so it is reasonable to say, how is that going? We've shown a video, we developed a video that we have shared um, here in the church and on television as well. We've acknowledged the things that, are, uh, th that we need, and we have placed that out for your consideration today. In a, a little later in the service, we will receive our, our offerings, and as we do that, we will encourage you also to share, as you will, um, any dedication of pledges or, or gifts in that way. So how are things going? I can tell you as of Friday, I was told by our business administrator that we've received 25 pledges so far this year. And those 25 pledges represent all of the ruling elders who are on, currently on the session, as well as your pastors. So people are responding, and we have a chance to, to move forward. But it is difficult to talk about things sometimes, like resources, like money, finances, time and energy. How do we move forward? How do we talk about that? There, there's an old phrase out there that you may have heard, keeping body and soul together when you're asked, how are things going? I'm just keeping my body and soul together. And, and it means, uh, in a colloquial way, it means that I'm able to feed myself and have clothing and have a roof over my head. And we can think of ourselves as trying to struggle along and just keep our body and soul together. But there is a spiritual meaning to that as well that I think is quite important that we need to, to lift up. And this is a good time to, to do that. We are a body in the church. We are united. We are connected to each other. And we have to keep our body and soul as a church together as well. We are um, involved in that activity. It goes without saying that things are different here this year at First Presbyterian. You may have even gotten tired of hearing that, no doubt, but they are. There have been stories about us in the newspaper, and we've had ripples in our relationships that have created difficulty. And what do you say to your friend or neighbor at the grocery store or in one of those awkward social settings? We've had disruptions in, in uh, relationships with mission partners. We've, we've had difficulty this year, no doubt about it. And there is uncertainty. There is uncertainty. But even in the midst of that uncertainty, there is the reality that we are still one body, one church, united to serve Christ. We are still here doing that at the corner of 1st Avenue and 11th Street in Columbus, Georgia. We are still finding ways to reach out. You make us one. You make us one. There are a number of 
images in the scripture that talk about the body and how the body is connected in different ways. There is a prophecy in the Old Testament of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet, and he was convinced that he was all alone, that God had left him alone to face the invaders and to deal with all the chaos that was there. But God gave Ezekiel a vision, and in the vision, God placed Ezekiel in the valley or a plain away from civilization. And in that valley, there were bones thousands of old, dry bones. And God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, only you know that, O Lord. And so the Lord said to Ezekiel, say to these bones, live. Prophesy to these bones. And the testimony of Scripture is that the bones began to connect to each other. Sinews and connective tissue began to develop, and then skin covered the, covered the body. So there were bodies lying in that valley, but they were not alive. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live and breathe? And Ezekiel said, only you know that, O Lord. And so the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones, prophesy that breath shall fill you. And those bodies began to have breath and they stood up and the Lord said, this is the house of Israel. You thought you were alone, Ezekiel, but you are not. You are accompanied by all these people. I have brought forth life even from a valley of dry bones. It is a testimony that we need to hear. Charles Weldon Johnson, a composer, put this together, and, and we know it as an African-American spiritual, Dim Bones. You know Dim Bones? You know, Dim Bones has been covered by the cathedrals, which were a, a southern gospel choir, by uh, African-American spiritual choirs. And I even found online this week, and you can look it up, the rock group Fish covered Dim Bones. Last year, New Year's Eve, fascinating. That story has power. Dim bones, dim bones, going to walk around. Dim bones, dim bones, going to walk around. Dim bones, dim bones, going to walk around. Hear the word of the Lord. You know it probably. The toe bone's connected to the foot bone. The foot bone's connected to the heel bone. The heel bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the shin bone. The shin bone's connected to the knee bone. The knee bone's connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone's connected to the hip bone. The hip bone's connected to the back bone. The back bone's connected to the shoulder bone. The shoulder bone's connected to the neck bone. The neck bone's connected to the head bone. Hear the word of the Lord. Them bones are connected and they are a body. And without those connections, there is no body. One body, one church, united to serve Christ. We are one, for God has made us one. <clears throat> we do live in a world of challenges. We live in a world where there is trouble and uncertainty. <clears throat> Earlier, in the, earlier this year, in the spring, the Pew Research Center, which is a very noted and reputable uh, 
polling organization that covers all sorts of political, social, and cultural matters. They issued a report that created quite a bit of stir, and it said that <clears throat> now, in, at the end of 2014, 23% of Americans identified themselves as not having any particular religious affiliation. And the thing that was so noticeable about this was that the way in which this number had grown, only about eight years ago, the number had been 16%. So within a period from 2007 to 2014, that number grew to 23%, eight percentage points difference. The thing that was so remarkable, though, the statisticians said, was not the growth itself, though it was, what was so remarkable was the, um, where people fell out. You had your professing atheists who were in there and your questioning agnostics. We may, you may know folks like that. Those, those are real people for sure. But the greatest number of growth of people who did not have a religious affiliation came from a category titled nothing in particular. That's sort of a fascinating concept, nothing in particular. That is where the growth, and, and the thing is, it wasn't just Presbyterians that were experiencing membership decline. All religious, Christian religious denominations had experienced over that same period of time decline in their membership and participation. Progressive, conservative, evangelical, orthodox, liberal, you put whatever label you want to it. When you look at the way it falls out, the statisticians say the numbers were declining. We live in a world where there is change and things aren't the same this year as they were last year. But it's not just the numbers. It's not just the numbers because our church in a, is in a place in society not just this church, but the church. We're in a place in society that's, that's shifting. You had to just get up this morning to be in this room and to turn on the television. You had to get up this morning and decide you were going to do that. And it's raining outside. And there are lots of other things that could cause you to do other things. You may want to watch news programs on Sunday morning, or you may want to watch the the football um, prognosticators plan, or you may want to go get some coffee, or you may want to have some sort of family time, or you may have a conflict with sports or uh, athletic events and with a, a family member. There are all sorts of things that pull us, and it isn't as easy to assume that we're going to be here. You have made a choice to be here. I want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you for, for choosing to answer that whatever nerge, nudging or urging there was in your, in your heart or in your soul that got you up this morning, got you dressed, and got you to come out and participate in this day. Your anticipation at whatever level, the tickling of the Spirit to nudge you to, to be in this place or to be with us. We come and we live in a world where faith is not an assumed or a given as it once was. And we live in a world where we have to keep our body and our soul together, not just physically in our own life, but in our 
church life as well, in our spiritual life, how are we keeping our body and our soul together? How are we one church, one body, united to serve Christ? We are that way because the Holy Spirit has come upon us through the power of Jesus Christ, and we have been made one. We have been made bigger and better than we are. Paul picks this image up, the church is the body of Christ, and he renders it this way when he wrote to the group in Rome, to the church in Rome, and, and he, this is a translation or a rendering from Eugene Peterson um, and the, uh, the message. Um, in this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. The, bo the body we're talking about is Christ's body. Each of us finds our meaning and our function as part of Christ's body. But a, as a chopped-off finger or a cut-off toe, we wouldn't amount to as much, would we? So, since we find ourselves fashioned into these ex excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of the body, let's go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we aren't. God has made each and every one of us to be our own part of the body, our own connection. And we have within that the, the wonder of God's Spirit. We're connected to each other. And in our connection, we find meaning. There are two things that I want to notice, you to notice about this. The first is that when one part of the body hurts, the rest of the body is hurting as well. When one part of the body hurts, the rest of the body hurts, and the rest of the body responds to that hurt. Have you ever been using a hammer in some form or fashion and hit your thumb? I won't show, ask for a show of hands, but but I imagine it's a fairly common thing. Yes, yes, we do. And what do you do when you hit your thumb with a hammer? It hurts, and you probably say things. Some of those things probably shouldn't be repeated on television or in church. But they are said, and we say them. We acknowledge that. If you've ever been working in the kitchen and you're preparing food and you have a knife and you cut your finger and it bleeds. And again, we say things, and we respond to that. We look around for a bandage or something to stop the blood, or we look for a, someone else. We call out and say we need help. And that is what the body does when it is hurt. It calls out for help. And someone may have, been, may have come to you to bandage your thumb or to fix your, to help you attend to your finger, or you seek out the assistance of others, or you go and take care of it, have someone, you call someone and they come. When we are ill, when, when you were ill with the flu or, 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 or um, not feeling well, and you go to bed and people find out about it, chances are someone's going to show up with some food, Right? 
a casserole or chicken noodle soup or something because there's healing power in the food. Well, maybe not exactly, but there's healing power in letting people know that you care about them. And so we respond in that way. When one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts, and the whole body is involved in the healing process of coming together of what that means. Paul even says it very specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part of the body hurts, all other parts are involved in the hurt. If one part flourishes and does well, then the whole, the other parts of the body enjoy the celebration as well. Yes, yes, yes. Not only do we respond in those hurts, but we also take pride in the times we've done well. Parents take pride in the accomplishments of their children. Friends take pride in knowing others who have gone on to do great things. We enjoy and we relish the ways in which we are connected, in which we share that thing together. The second thing to remember is that every part of the body is connected. We're connected one to the other, yet every part is not the same. Did you notice in the first hymn we sang, there were unison and there were harmony parts. The unison parts, we all sang the same notes, but the harmony parts were designed to provide enriching musical pieces and variation. Each part has its own special function. One part cannot replace the other. One part is not better than the other, for all are needed to make the part, the body whole. All are needed to help keep the soul together. We are one church, one body, united to serve Christ. Our connections in the body are special and powerful, and we do that because of the way in which we share what we have. Again, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in encouraging them to make an offering. He said, give as you've made up your minds, not reluctantly nor under compulsion. Don't give simply in response to a disaster. Don't offer your substance simply in response to somebody who's has a a compelling need at the moment. Give as you are thoughtfully make up your mind. I I found um, some information from Susie Orman, the financial planner, and she was talking to a group of, of young adults, and she said, in terms of giving, she says, give appropriately, give consistently, and give with commitment. And I, th- I think that is so important. We give appropriately and consistently and with commitment. We have in the church this notion that the tithe or 10% of, of giving is, is, a, is a goal that we can aspire to. It's not a, a, a club to hit people over with, but it's, it's something to think about. How do we share those substance, that substance of what we have abundantly so people and organizations can benefit? How do we do that? And we do that by being consistent and thoughtful about it. And Susie Orman said, if you give not just once, but if you give once a month for the rest of your life, you're going to change the world. 
And you're going to change yourself as well. You're going to change the attitudes that you have about what you have and how you hold it and how you can be an agent in God's world. We are one church, one body, united to serve Christ. And we do that so that God's love and God's power can be made known in the world. That is what the church is called to do, to share God's love, to be a defining or a, a challenging witness for that in, the, in what we have. One church, one body, united to serve Christ. Jesus Christ makes us one. And as part of that body, you and I are part of that one. Thanks be to God. Amen.